Hey guys, here we are again. Um, you know, what have we called this podcast officially? I think at this stage, conversations for men and women. Um, yeah, so there's the three of us: Chad Taylor, myself, Dean Dampany, and Diana Black, uh, just stumbling around in relationship on relationships. <laughs> the the last time we spoke, we spoke about conflict resolution. Um, amongst about a thousand other things. Um, so that's where I think we're going to kick off right now. Di, the last, last thing specifically we, we alluded to is that to have harmony in relationship, we also need to um, bring in the other, other end of the spectrum, which is conflict. Um, you know, like Chad said, that these things at the ends of the polar spectrum always come in couples, always come, come together. The harmony side's great. The conflict side sucks. Most of us don't like it. We know it can be good potentially in the long run retrospectively. How do we navigate these turbulent waters in the meantime? Well, um, <laughs> I think conflict is inevitable, as I said before. Um, the different expectations. So if you've chosen a partner that you actually like and you haven't, you know, that you've actually done a bit of work and realised, you know, what you need to have, um, number one, you need to like one another. You need to both want the relationship. I think... Um, and trust, that which comes from... Being honest and authentic and and the shared values is just you know having the same aspirations and high dream or whatever you want to call it um especially where kids are concerned because that's when disagreements can really come to the fore when you're trying to you know nurture a child and that child you know is an empty vessel and if you both have the same values then there's not at least there's not there's agreement so you have a you know you you have a better chance of parenting that child and that child not having mixed messages and knowing what's going on and um yeah if you haven't got the ability to empathize if if you're a person that doesn't have um that ability to even imagine how another person is experiencing life or pain or whatever, then you're really going to have trouble in relationships. So empathy has to be awakened in a person first before they can actually have a healthy relationship, which often comes from what I said before, a shock, you know, or a trauma so that that is awakened or a pain so that you can or an experience similar, you know, that you can identify with what that other person is going through. But how to actually um, operate in the actual present in relationship and the things that happen and how to, how to repair the damage in relationships is the crucial thing. And I think um, if you have a, a fight, a conflict, 
I think the most important thing is the communication again, because if you cannot repair that damage as you go along, then it just becomes, it gets buried and the person just swallows the pain or the, what they wanted to say and it just gets a cold war and you just get more and more distant, more resentful, more aloof. So the important thing is to actually communicate your needs and discontent to that other person early in the piece because you, know, you, could, you can be there for 10 years, 15 years, 16 years and they've never heard They've never heard what you're really saying and this is where counselling, I mean, I think we should, we should all have counselling in our relationships before we even commit <laughs> because that will clarify whether that person's capable of, of actually meeting your high dream or whether, you know, um, whether you're able to both weather the storm, which is inevitable. I can't stop myself from saying what I'm about to say, and that is going back to our first podcast on masculinity versus femininity. Is it masculine to allow the feminine to um, to facilitate facilitate the communication from the feminine uh, in, in all all its depth and um, and expression? I um, I also should say thank you so much for everything you just said because that was you know such a short period of time with so much so much amazing stuff that you delivered there diet that was unreal from from ideology and trust and deep empathy and communication all of this is assumed that things don't always go well and that we need to move forward and to do so repair that stuff um your chatter maybe i'll throw that one at you as far as communication goes is there a is there a masculine versus feminine way to, to communicate in our relationships in ways that can facilitate the, the best damage repair or the best, um, the best moving forward together into towards harmony. Yeah. Well, I guess, like I said, in, in the last podcast, we spoke through that until we know ourselves, I feel like we can't ever know another person. And it's almost, in each individual conflict, what role am I playing here? You know, obviously, you know, masculine isn't just a male quality and femininity isn't just a female quality. So for me, each dynamic of each conflict, I would probably play a different part in. So I guess, say, for instance, a client that comes to me, it can be, sometimes it can be, the straw that broke the camel's back in a relationship, like almost, you know, he keeps leaving the toilet seat up and it's almost like this has been playing out for 15 years and one person's not feeling heard and disrespected and the other person doesn't see it as a big deal. So it's almost... Yeah, and this is a pretty common thing. I know it sounds very superficial, but with us three being counsellors and psychotherapists, I see things like this play out all the time. It's not the big things, it's the ongoing little things. And I spoke about empathy 
you know, I feel like, you know, empathy and respect and acceptance of, of what the other person is saying is probably key to conflict resolution. You know, there's so many different models and schools of thought on conflict resolution. You know, even, um, you know, there's nonviolent communication, there's taking on the role of the other, there's role plays. And I don't feel like we're modelled conflict. I don't feel like we're ever taught as, you know, this is something that should be taught in schools. How do we model healthy conflict? Conflict's a part of life. How do we model healthy conflict? You know? And it's about, for me, and stuff that I've read, going back again, if I don't know what I'm feeling, I'm unconsciously just reacting. It's almost like I'm in fight or flight. When something triggers me, I go straight into fight or flight as a human being that's not in tune with themselves and I either retreat, you know, in the flight or I attack or I freeze. So I'm not really sure if I answered whether it's a masculine or whether it's a feminine quality, but I would say that the person that's upset, whether it's male or female, whether they are male or female, is in their feminine, and I feel like the masculine in that in that particular context has a has a responsibility to set up a space where that person can actually be free to express what is going on for them and be present enough to not take offence to that. It's almost like, you know, I, I've seen arguments and I've had couples sit in front of me and it's almost like, you make me so mad or it's almost like projecting their own feelings onto the other person. And that's why even the simplest things that I get clients to do is using I feel statements. Like it can be as simple as that. You know, when you leave the toilet seat up, I feel blah, blah, blah. Instead of, you know, when you leave the toilet seat up, that makes me so mad, blah, blah, blah. So I guess for me, it's all about, you know, first observing what's going on, accepting what I'm feeling, really try and hear what the other person's needs are and then try and, you know, both parties make some requests to see how we can resolve this particular conflict. Uh, the, um, the main thing that, that comes to mind when I hear all of that chat is you know, again, in the same response I had with what you said, diet, just there is so much juice in that. It is so juicy. And it, it never ceases to amaze me with my own personal reactions, let alone what I, I see in, in others, is that we are so reactionary and so driven to basically blame the other for that reaction that ego is so powerful and, you know, so tricky, so manipulative as well. You know, even if we consider ourselves to be, you know, pretty aware human beings, the ego tends to have a way of 
Um, yeah, just weaving its way through that narrative, through that story that um, uh, enables us to feel safe, to believe that, yeah, we're actually right, they're wrong. They're the ones who have made me feel this way, like you said, Chad. So just really, really emphasising that, uh, and I'll summarise it. Basically, you feel shit, it's your shit. <laughs> if we've got stuff which is coming up for us um, and, you know, alone but more, more potently in relationship with others, um, it's our stuff and we've got to develop that awareness continue developing that awareness to work out where that came from. Um, you know, when we talk about the, the more primal responses of fight, flight and fear, it's always coming from, you know, the knee-jerk reaction um, that's, that's the result of that original imprint that we created within our bodies with that thought and emotional interrelationship that we've imprinted upon ourselves within us um, that, that's coming up to, you know, to basically allow us to survive or to survive that, that negative scenario that we've been confronted with at a point in our lives that we weren't actually ready to deal with in a more evolved way. But as we get older, the awareness development is all about basically separating ourselves from our, our past, not separating ourselves, actually the opposite becoming deeper in relationship with our, our past, with those imprints, with those relationships that we formed within our, um, with our, within our mind stream, emotional interrelationships and, um, and unraveling them and understanding that we are now different and that we can let those emotions, we can let those feelings actually flow through us and beyond us um, from, a, from a higher perspective of understanding. So, yeah, that interrelationship with oneself is exactly the same way that we ideally um, work with relationship to others. So, yeah, thanks, Chad. Basically any of that stuff, any of those emotions that are in us still, they need to be, they need to be identified with deep awareness and um, it's with that that we can, yeah, that we can generate harmony eventually, ideally. Di, what's coming up for you with all of this? Uh, you know, what Chad said about it's the small stuff, and that is so true. Um, what is really going on, the small stuff, people focus on the small stuff, um, but it's, it's actually something that's deep and, and long-standing within yourself but it'll be just that one thing that'll just set you off which is just as with children too I remember my kids the same thing you know you had you'd see the kids throw a tantrum over one little thing but that's not what they were upset about there was something else but that was just the thing and so you make an error by thinking oh they were upset about not getting the lolly but it may not have been in that at all it may be that they were not being attended to or there's something deeper and I think when we experience conflict in that relationship um, and we have that out of control response that is our stuff and and that is also related to our childhood experience as well I mean when you experience a conflict um, and you're hurt or angry or you feel in that moment, I'm out of here, you know, it's just an immediate, 
I can't do this, I hate you sort of feeling, um, that is what the, the story in your head is, but actually it's something deeper and the, the learning to weather the storm is knowing and not fearing conflict because that's just part of life. And I think if we've been brought up in a relationship where our parents have modelled that, as you said, Chad, how to fight fair, how to have a fight and forgive and come back, you know, that is what kids need to see to feel balanced. And um, I know with my parents, they did the opposite. They hid the conflict behind the closed bedroom door so that when I heard my father say one thing to my mother like, you stupid woman, I thought that was the end of their relationship. I thought, oh, my gosh, you know. So my perception of what a relationship should be was not realistic, you know, whereas and that was so really actually kids who see parents fight and resolve it and an honest fight is possibly possibly healthier in a way because they know there's a road back. Whereas for me, in my relationship, it was like as soon as the shit hit the fan, it was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't like you anymore because I didn't know how to handle that conflict because nobody had actually taught me to express my needs in a way that I was heard. Um, and I still find that difficult. I think everybody does in relationship to say, like you said, Chad, I feel when you when you do that, it makes me feel I feel like this rather than you are this and you make me mad and you make me mad. But it's all, you know, it is actually all about fighting fair, learning the rules to fight by, basically. And you can have skills like um, when you realise it's out of control, both having the consciousness. I think couples need help if they're having trouble. They do need help to learn these skills. You know, you, you call a timeout, one of you go for a walk so that you've actually got time to land out of your stuff and think about it and come back and, um, you know, Otherwise, you're just totally overcome by our humanness, which is, like you say, Dean, is that me, 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 we're emotional children. And if we haven't, you know, if we haven't developed skills to express that need, then we're going to be having difficulty communicating that to our partner. How do we, how do we achieve when we're energetically super heightened it's and again that can infer that we're we're actually ecstatic we're on that end of the positive spectrum um, it's all well and good but to me i associate that side of the spectrum along with the opposite side of the spectrum when we're really heightened in anger or frustration or in those negative emotions as being equally um incapable of serving um, serving us together in working through something because there's all those emotions that are obscuring the truth um, that's going on. And actually what the emotions are doing, as I 
say this, I'm, I'm sort of thinking through it, but the emotions are preventing us from being really, really present. Um, we might think that we're actually acting out, you know, with, with this present emotional way of expression, which we are, but because we're actually um, emotionally expressing ourselves, we're, we're effectively just exhibiting the patterns that we've been existing in for however long it's been for all this time. So that's the emotions of our, that's the patterns of our emotions speaking as opposed to being really present and even. So what I'm suggesting is that if we can actually somehow strategize to communicate without all of that um, energetic heightenedness, um, we're halfway there or at least we're moving in the right direction and that's reiterating what you're saying there with um, stepping away from each other, potentially die, uh, or whatever it may be that can allow us to, to at one point come back together that we, in a way that we can communicate um, without emotion evenly. Um, so, many, so many things are coming up. I, I feel like when we can be really present and when we can be in that energetic space of, of even communication, we've got much more capacity to exercise deep listening. And really what I want to say instead of deep listening is that we've got the capacity to be able to try and understand exactly where the other person's coming from. We've got all these constructs, all these associations. She yells, he yells. It means that, you know, basically they, they don't like me anymore. They've always hated me. <laughs> yeah, they've always hated me. They, they say other things, but deep down that's all they think of me. And, you know, again, we react. Instead of asking them the question with that really lovely even energy and empathy, hey, what's, um, what's behind that for you? You know, what, where is that coming from? Help me understand where you're coming from. Um, I'd, love to, I'd love to talk about it with you. It might not even be something you've ever talked about. As your loving partner in relationship with you, I've got no higher purpose than to understand you with as much depth as I can possibly conjure um, for your sake and, um, and for mine selfishly as well. So, yeah, deep, yeah, this generating this deep empathy, deep, deep listening so as to understand the other. That's what life's about. And, you know, the more that we can under, all understand each other, the better we get along because we're not judging someone for being different. We just... Um, we understand why they're different and we totally accept why they're different. Um, we're not scared of the unknown, you know. The, we, we're not scared of the known, I should say. It's the unknown, the difference of the other that we go, oh, shit, that's different. I don't get that. They must be telling me that I'm wrong. Instead of going, hey, I'm right in my sense of self. I know that you're right in your sense of self. Let me understand your version of rightness so we can all be right together harmoniously again. Um, Chad, right at you. I guess um, bringing it back to self again, you know, to me it always starts with self. If I, if I don't know what's, what's right in myself, I can't really allow you to know what's right in yourself. You know, so things like meditation, journaling, really having a connection with myself is so crucial because from what I experience with most clients, 
nobody has a relationship with themselves, so they actually don't know what they want. They couldn't tell you, like, I'll, I'll actually ask them point blank, come back next week with a list of, like, needs and wants that you would like out of this relationship. And surprisingly, a lot of both couples, come, like both the male and the female or the, you know, the female and the female, both sides of the equation come back with nothing because they actually say, I don't know what I need or I don't know what I want. And that's where, you know, Di spoke about, you know, going into counselling before you start a relationship. You know, I know, Dean, we've spoke about um, possibly putting together a course that, you know, couples could come to and, and learn how to do this stuff. You know, it's almost like to learn how to act gracefully and respectfully in a time of conflict, I feel like there needs to be some kind of practice in a time of calmness. You know, it's almost like a sporting event, you know, just turning up to game day without without doing the training and without knowing the drills and without being fit enough to do it, you're probably not going to perform that well during the actual event. And I feel like this could be a thing that, you know, I know for me in previous relationships and I feel like for all of us, you know, education is key and awareness is key. And I kind of, you know, none of us, we don't know what we don't know. You know, and, and once we are triggered, our prefrontal cortex is offline, which makes us different, you know, which really is what separates us from being an animal. And we revert back into almost animals once we're triggered and activated. So for me, it's all about practice. First practice with self, you know, what am I feeling? What am I experiencing in this moment? You know, get out of the, you know, I'm not my thinking. Get out of the head and into the body. What am I experiencing here? Why does it piss me off that the toilet seat's left up? Or on the other equation, why does it piss me off that I have to put the toilet seat down? You know, even, even coming back to that, it's almost like it's such a simple thing, but it's actually not until we know what are my needs in this, what are my wants in this, you know, really thinking about that even as I'm sharing aloud. Like it's almost like if the toilet seat's down, the man has to lift it up to go to the toilet. And then if the toilet seat's left up, the woman has to put it down when she goes to the toilet. Like it's actually not that big of a deal. But like you mentioned, Dean, it's almost like our our egocentricity or our, our mind tells us that I am disrespected as a man because I shouldn't have to put the toilet seat down. Or as a woman, I am disrespected because that man left the toilet seat up. How dare he? You know, it's such a simple thing when you actually take an objective view and come back and look at it. But if you practice these needs and these wants and, and why it's important to you to feel, you know, to me I see that as a respect thing, back to this respect and acceptance. You know, it's almost like, well, if that person does what I want them to do, I feel 
accepted and respected. But I've got to learn what giving acceptance and respect is all about so that then I can get it back. It's almost back to that mirror thing. So for me, it's all about practicing, you know, what I do want in a healthy environment. What do I want? You know? You know, do I put the toilet roll on with the the paper coming out at the front or do I put the toilet roll on with the paper going down at the back against the wall? Like those little arguments are just, they're so, you know, I actually had a couple come to me and, you know, one of the parties that actually gave me this diagram from 1920-something, it showed, you know, when it was designed, how a toilet roll was supposed to go on. And they were so focused in their way was right that they couldn't actually even accept that somebody could see it from a different point of view. So summing up for me, it's, you know, practicing compassionately in a safe situation, in a safe environment to then know how to do it when I am activated or triggered. But that takes time and that takes, you know, planning, you know, I feel like we don't, we're not learned, learned how to do this stuff, you know, and, and I'll just bring it back to even parenting, you know, like I, I observe parenting styles and I observe, you know, say Di spoke about, you know, a child throwing a tantrum and then the parent's not happy with the child throwing the tantrum. They don't actually really want to understand why the child is throwing a tantrum. They just want them to stop. So they smack them or they put them in time out or they do whatever they do. And that's the ultimate start of, I believe, my needs aren't being met and I have to behave you want me the way you want me to behave. You know, it's almost like the parent is virtually unconsciously saying, you're not behaving how I expect you to behave, therefore I'm going to use physical violence or threats or time out to get you to behave the way I feel you need to behave in this moment. So it's it's so ingrained what I see, you know, with the attachment styles we spoke about in the previous podcast with the whole concept of the way we're brought up. You know, it's all about coming back to awareness, self-awareness, self-observation, empathy. You know, what's really going on for this other human being in front of me that I'm not getting that's causing this conflict? What am I not getting here? What am I not aware of here inside of myself and inside of them that I'm not seeing that's causing this conflict or repeated conflict? And then how do we move forward for this? Because it's almost like in a partnership, we don't have different arguments. We have the same argument about different topics. It's the same argument throughout the relationship, just the topic of discussion changes. But the actual cause never gets dealt with. So symptomatically, all these little different scenarios, the toilet roll, the toilet seat, whatever whatever the topic is for that particular argument, there's a deeper cause that never gets addressed because we're not taught, I don't believe, how to deal with those causes or that they even exist. So for me, it's all about practice, education, 
And I know I wish there was courses that I could have went to with a partner at the start of a relationship. Because going to counselling is probably one, you know, to me a lot that stereotypical counselling is there's a problem, therefore I need to fix it. That's why I go to receive counsel. Where as an educational program that might run for five or six weeks, at any stage of your relationship, whether it's the start, the middle, whether you're on the verge of breaking up, where you can go, you can actually learn and and understand and accept what's going on for each party and each individual person. And even even seeing other people model that in front of you, I believe, is a healthy thing to actually see yourself, okay, well, wow, that's how I behave. You know, like a a role play or or a case study is, oh, wow, that's how I behave. Seeing it from an objective view is so important, which I feel like we're always so subjective, we're always so in it as human beings, but we struggle to actually take that step back and actually observe what's going on in the moment from like a meta perspective or, or an overall view of the situation. It's so extremely, so extremely hard to see yourself. You know, that's one of the things I think, you know, we have this, illusion that we are acting in this perfect way but even if you watch a movie it's so hard to identify your character in the movie you don't even if you've got it played out right in front of you um because we have this way of viewing ourselves as being right and the ego thing (laughs) we're um in the background here for you guys listening, you can't see Di and I pointing to each other going, your turn. And I'm like, no, your turn. Keep on going. <laughs> um, right. I'm going to wrap it up and obviously Chad and Di jump in um, with anything you want to contribute over this next three or so minutes. But, um, yeah, the, that's interesting, Di. We just had a little communication there. It was, um, you know, it was using our hands instead of our words and it was yeah it was meaningful we actually understood what what it meant that was great i feel pretty good about it um wasn't so conflicting anyway i'm getting um i'm drifting away a little bit forgiveness is what really comes at me right now but i'm also going to take a a step back and just reiterate the whole practice thing that you both mentioned and how important it is to be able to practice these communication skills, these empathy skills, um, when our energies aren't so heightened, it definitely makes it easier for when we do go into fight or flight or freeze in the heat of the moment um, to be able to know that we've got a foundation to draw upon and be more present if possible. And when we don't achieve the level of presentness that we'd like and we say things we um, don't like to each other or we don't like to hear to each other, coming back to forgiveness is so important that we are all human and that we all do fuck up and that we all do and say things that we don't mean. And yeah, if, um, if we can't forgive the people that we signed up to be in partnership with, who can we forgive? You know, like it's forgiveness is so, so imperative uh, and it comes completely from the heart going back to, you know, the unconditional loving, make our way towards being unconditionally loving. Um, And look, I I think the only other thing I'd like to say 
which has been said so many times already by you guys is um, with regards to where our clients and you know, all of us are coming from uh, in the respect to relationships being not necessarily as functional as what we like. We, we bring the clients of mine bring to the table and in the same way as everyone else that they don't want to fight anymore. They, you know, you said Chad in terms of knowing ourselves, um, all our clients say, all my clients say, so I just don't want to fight anymore. And what I'd say in response, what I say to my clients in response to that is just ask yourself what is in yourself that's coming up that you don't want to exist with anymore. And that's the perfect opportunity to start doing the work and, tying in your past to the present and making positive alignments for everyone. Hey, um, thanks so much, Di. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Chad. That was relational. <laughs> that was, um, yeah. That fun. Was, <laughs> and fun. Cheers, Chad. Thanks, Di. Hey, um, yeah, we'll speak to you guys in the next session.